welcome to KC Corner, episode 65. It was a good year. Good it was year. a good year. Good year for Ford Mustangs. Uh, the 65 Ford Mustang convertible. Unbelievably, Brooks, we had one growing up. I mean, we didn't have a lot of fancy things. Little with my top dad. down, go down the back roads. Little top down, blue with a white rag top. It mm-hmm. was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And something else happened in 65. Yeah, it was my birth year. It was it, a great year. And it's my dad's birth year, too. <laughs> oh, that's right, man. <laughs> Got some twins. Uh, I love you guys it. were born like 10 days apart or something. Is he, or no, uh, a month apart. Yeah, is he October or September? December 9th. He's December 9th. Oh, dang, I'm older. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> so got I got him. him by a month. Exactly. Love your dad. That's oh, yeah. awesome. He's the best. He's, he's the barely best. in 65. He's yeah, almost exactly. 66. He's, he's more of a 66 baby. Yeah, I hear you. That's a good year, too. <laughs> but we were also talking before we jump in. Um, I was listening to a podcast this past week, and they were talking about Mother's Day and how under no circumstances do they even mention Happy Mother's Day at their service, which yeah. I thought is ridiculous. And obviously they said, like, people have different relationships with their mothers could have just lost their mother anything like that but i just felt weird that it's a holiday you might as well talk about it or at least mention it well i I think it's hard not to mention um i think if you mention it listen let me just say as a pastor you're gonna get boom roasted uh, no matter matter what what you do you know no matter where you come down uh especially the culture we live yeah you got haters and so um but i know that several years ago i knew that um, for mother's day it was a hard day for many either they couldn't be a mom or they had a strained relationship with mom or mom was had passed and so you want to be sensitive. And there's things like if you're going to give a gift out, don't just give it to moms, give it to all women or something like that. So, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, Brooks, in this canceled culture of ours, the number of things I saw too, it's like, you know, I, I saw something on Twitter where um, there was one lady that was so upset that her church gave a gift card to the woman in the congregation who had the most kids. And, you know, <laughs> oh, that's just the terriblest thing ever, you know? And so, and, and you know, <laughs> I don't know, Brooks. It's crazy. What can we celebrate without the haters hating, you know? Nothing. And so we can't even celebrate mom, you know? And uh, and I acknowledge that it is difficult. Uh, again, that that's just a reminder for some people of what they are not or a difficult relationship that they had. But boy, I'm telling you, we got to celebrate moms. And even this Sunday, maybe we can use this as what I meant to say, mm-hmm. is that I knew that Mother's Day was coming. And I typically don't break uh, my sermon series for Mother's Day or Father's Day uh, every once in a while. If they give what they get, you know. <laughs> and so, um, but this this year, I just knew under our pillars of the faith, uh, I really wanted to talk about the role of women and the roar of women and, and what does that mean, uh, especially for a young church like King's Chapel, as we are going to be uh, moving toward officers and leaders in our church. What is What does the Bible say? And so... Uh, especially in a culture where, unbelievably, gender has now become fluid for many and uh, marriage is completely redefined and and much of what the Bible says has been maligned as far as uh, the good design of God for man and woman. So I really um, enjoyed going back and digging up uh, from the very beginning. And, you know, you start off with this roar of women of what I meant to say is this is scandalously good news of that a woman is made in God's image as well as a man. And I I mentioned on Sunday that if we put ourselves in the Israelites' uh, uh, sandals and kind of the context that they first heard this was they were told, uh, they lived in a culture that the only people who were made in God's image were the pharaohs. They were the ones who who heard from the gods. Uh, They would see it as plural. 
and then they would uh, execute the desires of the, of the gods. And so for Moses to tell us the truth of what God has done, that male and female made in God's image, created to have dominion over God's creation. Uh, wow, that's scandalously good news. And, you know, even in that culture to realize that there was equal footing between male and female before for, before God. And there was uh, uh, equal um, uh, dominion, that God gave dominion to both the male and female as far as responsibility. And there was, um, you know, just equal blessing. And so that's some <clears throat> radically good stuff that that Moses gave to us. But more than that, that you have to have a male and a female to accomplish God's plan. It's necessary for that partnership because he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth uh, and subdue it. And how we fill the earth is by being fruitful. It's by, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's creating babies in the uh, cultural mandate, fill the earth with the image of God. And then you think you get to the New Testament and it's a very similar thing. Fill the earth again with my image. That's the redeem. That's the uh, the great commission. Go and make disciples. And so both of them given equally to men and women. But the whole point is that there's a different design. We have different roles designed by God. It wasn't good that male man was alone. He had to make a helpmate. And that word has been so maligned. But how beautiful that word easer is. And that God himself is our helper. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I think this is going to help us, Brooks, because we're going to, even in the KC Essentials class this week, I'm going to be talking more about God's design of men and women in leadership. And I think it's going to be real important for us to know, you know, what does God say about this and why is it important? Mm-hmm. I love how early in the Bible, you know, in the beginning of Genesis that he mentions that man was alone. And as someone that likes being in the outdoors, fishing uh, around animals, everything like that, like... The fact that he was felt alone and needed a helpmate is pretty incredible. Yeah. And I love how that, that unfolds because it wasn't that man realized at first. God did. Mm-hmm. You know, God said, hey, it's not good. This is not good that man's alone. And I really love how God revealed to him that he's alone. You know, he brought him those mm-hmm. animals and yep. he had to name them. And, you know, out there in creation and, uh, man, it must have been an amazingly glorious day. But on that glorious day, he realized, oh, shoot, I don't have... Nothing's like me. Nothing's like me. <laughs> even even the golden retriever. Even the golden retriever is not like me. It's so true, man. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, great. I got you. I got yeah, you. which is great. Anything else on Mother's Day for you? Yeah, I don't think so. In the roar of woman, again, again, I uh, it was, it was as I think I mentioned, um, it wasn't the easiest in a sense that you know that you're swimming against stream culturally and... Uh, you know, uh, I'm such a people pleaser uh, to to really put a flag in the sand and say, hey, I know this is going to go against uh, what the cultural norm is. And mm-hmm. this is going to rub some of the uh, haters feathers, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, I, I'm called to preach unapologetically God's word. And, and that was a privilege. So um, I really appreciate many in the congregation saying, hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for for telling us truth. And so. Uh, I always try to do that to the best of my ability. And I feel like if you hadn't just opened up with Happy Mother's Day, I think Karen or someone would have yelled at you, like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It's so true. Come on. You know, exactly. <laughs> You're missing something, Jeff. Somebody, they might have thrown things at me. Exactly. <laughs> Booed you off the stage. <laughs> Glad that didn't happen. But looking ahead, uh, going through the pillars this next week. We're coming back uh, to where we kind of left off with the uh, the pillars of the faith. And this is, again, these are the solos of the Reformation. And this is sola scriptura, which is scripture alone. 
And many times when you preach this, you start with this. Why? Because this is our authority. If scripture alone is in our authority, you know, what we say about grace, what we say about faith, what we say about Christ, all that comes from God's word. So this is such a bedrock uh, of understanding, especially when it comes to authority. And again, we talk about being maligned in society where, oh man, it's, it's old fashioned, God's word's old fashioned or, you know, and I, I just cringe at the number of people who so flippantly judge God's word without reading God's word. And they'll want to say, oh, it's filled with errors. I'm like, oh, really? Have you ever read it? You know, and, and uh, have you ever studied it? And so, and they act so authoritative. But the point on Sunday is, hey, God's word is God's word. And God's word should be the final word. And it should be the word that has authority uh, over our lives. And we can't be like Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson in the Jeffersonian Bible, where he is a, a, over God's word and he picks and chooses what's truth. If, if we are the ones who picks truth, pick and choose what's truth, it's very objective. And so, uh, um, or subjective, I should say. So, uh, so if it's subjective to what you think or what I think, what is truth? Look where we are. This is where we are. When God's word is not authoritative, when you don't have that source that you could go to and say, this is how it is. And there's a mystery to it. And it's not always as clear as I wish it was. So Sola Scriptura is so important for a church to, to embrace. Because if not, it comes down to who has the loudest voice and the strongest opinion. And who who's making the decisions of what we do and how we do it. Um, and is it is it and, and really out of the Reformation Brooks, what happened was uh, there was a council at Trent um, that this is this is the Catholic Church that had this council and they would say, hey, the word of God is authoritative, but also is the tradition uh, in the church. The church is authoritative. And mm -hmm. so you really need the church to interpret uh, the word. And uh, it's not it's you, you can't put it in the common people's hands. Mm -hmm. And in the beautiful Reformation, it's like, no, 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 we're going to translate the Bible into the common language. They called mm -hmm. it the vulgar, vulgar language of the people. We're going to put it in their hands. And uh, this is going to be their authority. And we don't need a pope or we don't need the church. Uh, we don't need Jeff um, that is equal of authority, you know. And so I have to be under the authority of God's word as a pastor, of course. And all of us do. So Sola Scriptura. Um, and I'm telling you, it's been much maligned in our culture. But if this isn't our authority, if it, once you once you've cut that that tethering to 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 that, wow, where you end up is mm -hmm. we can see it some crazy places. Yeah, and you mentioned this last week, but it definitely applies to this week. As you said, the Bible is a story, not a textbook. You know, mm -hmm. it's meant to be read and enjoyed. And there's numerous characters in it and their life and the ups and downs of it all, of the Christian faith. And it's not just a book of rules that you have to follow. You go to page 700 for this or something, you know, yeah. it's meant to be enjoyed. Well, and if you're trying to learn trigonometry, uh, don't just go to the Bible, right? You know? <laughs> and so uh, if you want to know Pag uh, Pythagorean theorem, thank you, man. You no, no, oh my gosh, <laughs> you, you know, C squared equals A squared saw, equals C squared. It just stopped, man. You know? I was just like, thank you Short for <laughs> this. Thanks for the save, man. That was fantastic. So, uh, what a good pitching coach, man. You went to the bullpen quickly. Um, Pythagorean theorem. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, you know, if you wanted to learn that again, you can learn true side of God's word, but it's not a math book. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even the fact it is a history book, but it's a, it's a history book with a very narrow focus. Now mm -hmm. it's weird to say that, but 
it's it's a Yahweh's history book. It's mm-hmm. a history of our great God, and it gives us history that's true of all the world and all the cosmos. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't tell us everything. And uh, I think it's interesting. And this is way down the road or off the beaten path. But a lot of times people try to read America into the Bible, you mm-hmm. know. And again, when it was originally written, we weren't even around, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, not that uh, in the wisdom of God, it doesn't include uh, thoughts for us. It does, but. I always kind of chuckle when people want to see prophecy is specifically uh, from America. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I, I don't see it that way. But anyway, um, yeah, it should be, should be exciting. Yeah, and we were talking last week off air. The last verse in John 21, I believe it says that if this doesn't contain everything that even Jesus did or talked about on earth. If it did, it would contain, or it would fill every book in the world. Yeah, so, yeah, but how, how can you stop producing books? This is books? just a tiny little sliver of everything. Yeah, which, which is beautiful. And I love what the Gospel of John, John specifically says in his Gospel and in the epistles, first, second, and third, hey, I'm writing this so you believe. Mm-hmm. The goal, I got to focus. And so, you know, even he's he was upfront enough to say, Hey, by the way, this is has, has a purpose. I'm slanted. You know, mm-hmm. I'm giving you this stuff. I'm trying to be biased. I'm mm-hmm. trying to have you come to the conclusion that Jesus is who he claimed to be. He is God's son and he is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. So yeah, good stuff. Good. Great stuff. Great good stuff. stuff. It'll be fun week. So we have a new book to announce. A big announcement. We yes, need another drum roll. Another, another Tim Keller book, our yeah. favorite. Man, we are, we, we are, Tim Keller better be sending us a thank you for all I the... I know. Uh, we, we need a little check sent our way or something. We do, you know. We, we, exactly. <laughs> but this one going through, The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism. Well, that's a New York Times bestseller. And I don't know for sure if that's his first New York Times bestseller, but that was... Uh, it's not a brand new book. I can't remember exactly when it came out. Um, I know I see you scrambling here. I'm trying, but, I'm trying to find but, it for you. But uh, it, it is, it's a wonderful, I'm going to use a nice big Christian uh, theological word. It's an apologetic. It's a defense for God. And uh, uh, Keller has a phenomenal way because he's got a phenomenal mind and he's so well read of defending the faith and the defending the faith in a way that is intellectually uh uh, stimulating and, mm-hmm. and fair and uh, as well as gospel centered I don't know anybody better and so um, he's th- this is good and really I think the reason I was led a little bit this direction too was a conversation I had with somebody in our church about one of their family members that mm-hmm. that was just you had a, a belief in reincarnation versus really like belief in the gospel and you know um, it couldn't embrace some of Christianity tr- the truths of Christianity. I think this will give us a good handle on why it is that mm-hmm. we have a good, solid foundation to believe what God has given to us. It was published in 2008, by the way. 2008. Mm-hmm. And I know, wow. I was going to say that. I know you guys, uh, there have been a couple of questions asked in the KC Essentials class about defending the faith and yeah. you know feeling like you have enough knowledge to defend it and sure. answer questions and everything. And I know that feeling. I mean, even now, I mean, who, who has enough knowledge? You know, you're always nervous. Am I going to get thrown the question that I just have no idea about? <laughs> and uh, I love the fact that God himself kind of gave us a... Uh, a trap door of saying that, hey, in Isaiah 55, God's ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. I don't know, you know? And so, uh, but um, although we can never, his greatness is unsearchable, scripture will tell us, but he's knowable, you know? And so we'll, can we know all about God? Never. How, how, can, how can this gray matter mm-hmm. know all about 
the infinite, eternal one. I mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. But I can know him in a real way of who he is, truly, because he has revealed himself to us in creation and in his word and uh, empowered by the spirit. So this this is good stuff. Yeah, so go get the book so you can follow along with yeah. us. So you don't and, have to listen to us just summarize. Which will be great. And I don't know how much we'll get through, but I know that we'll 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 do what we usually do is uh, you know, get really jump in and, and try to tackle this and squeeze out some good truths. We'll do our best for you guys. That's right. That's yeah. awesome. Any other King's Chapel updates? You know, big weekend. Uh, we have uh, a cookout this weekend. Our our Casey family uh, dinner will be a cookout and uh um, which makes me a little nervous because there's a lot of work I got to do before <laughs> we do that, including securing a grill. Um, but uh, it'll be great. And then right after that, we'll have a work day. And so I think it's supposed to be cool of 72 degrees after church, which is a lie. I'm sure it'll be hotter than blue blazes. But uh, um, And we have a, you know, we're back with Casey Essentials is back at 9 a.m. And I, and I believe that there are some people who uh, are not getting our weekly MailChimp. And I, I think that when you get something weekly, sometimes it becomes white noise. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of people show up Sunday uh, early for the class. And uh, I'm sorry we didn't do a better job getting word out. But um, if, by the way, a couple things in this. One is if you um, haven't gotten uh, uh, a weekly um, mail, we call MailChimp, mm-hmm. a weekly newsletter. Email. Newsletter, yeah. Uh, usually comes out Fridays, uh, sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays. Um, we would love to send you one. And I think there's a text. You could text, uh, but I don't have that with me. We'll, so get, really we'll get it for you guys. Or you know what? Just, just email me, Pastor Jeff at kingschapelfl.com, and we'll get you on the list. But um, also, KC Essentials is back 9 and 5. Uh, we have a work day and a luncheon. And by the way, hockey season starts back up. So That's right. a, a new you, hockey you season. You got to get back out there. So eight thirty. So tell me how good I'm going to be on the ice at eight thirty at night. <laughs> Nine o'clock class. Ten o'clock of preaching. Uh, a a work day. A uh, five o'clock. Five o'clock. Essentials. Yeah. And right to the ice. Yeah. Right to the ice. So I might be <laughs> crack uh, some skulls. <laughs> <laughs> might be mine as I fall asleep on the ice. So uh, anyway. So I think that that's it. Um, big big weekend coming up. That's all I got. See you guys Sunday. All right. Looking forward to it. Hey, Brooks, I haven't said this in a long time, but there's always room in the corner for you. There always is, guys. (laughs) All right. right. Blessings, (laughs) y'all.